Welcome to Yes Mother, a podcast based on the A&E show Bates Motel. Tonight, we are discussing episode number six, Named a Plunge. I'm Emily. And I'm Sue. Psycho killer, Welcome back, guests. So, how are you? I'm great. Good. Yeah, whole week the kids have off. We're uh, just getting through it. I think (laughs) spring break is like a precursor to summer, what that's going to be like. It's like a little trial run. Yeah, I was going to say, it's only Tuesday. Yeah. It's only Tuesday. I spent the day, a lot of the day, uh, gardening, which was fun. Nice. Got a, Such a beautiful day today. It was like 70-something, 70 72 or something. Yeah, it was really nice. Yes. And I got a garden bed, like a raised bed. So excited. It's been so nice. The weekend sucked. It was cold and rainy. Yep. And then, of course, once I have to go back to work, it's all beautiful. And <laughs> But whatevs. Whatevs. Yep. But I'm, I just couldn't be more excited to, like, start tilling and getting things ready for the garden. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool. Yeah, it's been a, we have kicked butt on our camper. I'm so excited. Like, we finally got that stupid wiring thing figured out. Good. Yep. Our wiring's done, and Cam has just been kicking butt on getting other stuff done. Yay. Yay. And everything else is going well. So, like, everything's coming up Millhouse. It's very exciting. (laughs) Very exciting. Good. So be fun. Anyway, so well, we can do reviews first. Do you want to read the one we got from a Sarah JF? Sure. Okay. We got a review by Sarah JF. Sorry, I think I may have submitted a review before I finished it, so I'm resending. Love your podcast. One of the few on a great show, and you are both very insightful and entertaining. Emily, I'm also a huge Buffy fan. Have also watched it over and over, especially season five. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, welcome, Sarah. Anyway, thanks for the time you spend publishing the podcast so we can have fun listening. Well, you are welcome. Yes, Sarah JF. Thank you for the five-star review. We always welcome a a Buffy fan. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's great. Thank you, Sarah. That'll... Do we make a reservation for her for a room? No, I think she needs to leave feedback. 
feedback. Leave, leave yourself some feed, leave some feedback and uh, we'll make a reservation for you. That's right, Sarah. So you can get a room. Just send us an email or join Facebook or something. And then we got, well, and Sarah left us a very nice five-star review. Yes, she did. And then we got a one-star review from Mikey48. It's and called Too Much Giggling. Too Much Giggling. And then he says, too much talk about things other than the show. Not interested in 90210 or cooking dinner. Waste of time. You know what, Mikey? Or waste if time. Oh, waste if time. So, if time? I don't know, Mikey. Get it um. right. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have left a five-star review, we would have just said waste of time. <laughs> we would have just let that go, but we're not. <laughs> But that's um, okay, you know Mikey. what, though? Also, Mikey, we're not really interested in 90210 either. No, and if you would have given us, we spent, what, like 90 seconds on it, maybe? <laughs> so thanks for giving us a chance, but we know we're not for everyone, so. Yeah, you know, I'd like to take this opportunity to just say that we are making a podcast we would like to listen to, and that would include just getting to know the host a little bit. Yep. Maybe talking about a few other things um, and talking about the show. And I realize there are not very many Bates Motel podcasts, and I wish there were. So people like you that aren't interested in a friendly podcast and just wants, you know, and I understand that. You just, just want deep thoughts about the show you're trying to listen to. Right. Um, so I'm sorry that... I wish there were like 10 different base motel podcasts, but there aren't. So you're kind of stuck with us or nothing or after buzz us, us or after buzz. So yeah. So buzz kind of gets to the point, I guess they do. Well, I, I don't listen to them, but yeah, I, when I have, once. but <laughs> so yeah, sorry, Mikey, I guess we're not the podcast for you. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> Whatevs. And I, I don't know what to do about the giggling that happens. You should hear us at three in the morning playing card games. <laughs> you should hear us like belt out Neil Diamond songs at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. Thanks for your input, though. That's cool. Yeah, thanks for giving us a chance, Mikey. But we understand. We're not going to be for everyone. So, no, no hard feelings. Nope, none at all. So, anywho. Let's go to feedback. Not a ton this week. Nope. I'm kind of wondering where Alec and Tyler are, guys. Yeah, Alec, Tyler, and Kim, hello. Oh, yeah, we had Kim once. Well, that's okay, we've always said. You don't have to leave it every week. And I am notorious for that. I'll, like, write in, and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to write in every week. And then I write in once, and then maybe a few months later I'll write in again. <laughs> yep. So. I am the pot calling the kettle black. Exactly. So, yeah, we know you're out there. You're probably listening. And we are holding your room because. Oh, yeah. Actually, we didn't get any new feedback, so we do not have any new guests to check in this week. But, no, that's cool. You guys still have your rooms. We understand. Yeah, we got about 10 Twitter followers this uh, week. 
So hi to them, and we'd love you to join the conversation on Twitter, on Facebook, or Gmail. Writing in, yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. So, all right. So Carrie from room number nine sent in an email. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Have you read this? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh, I laugh so hard. It's funny. Oh no, I'm gonna have a hard time getting through it, huh? Yeah. Okay, so Carrie says, hi, Sue M. and motel guests. Greeting from room nine. It's been a little disappointing here without my cupcake man. Depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, depressing. (laughs) And Raouf won't return my phone calls. So I put out the do not disturb sign and had a few cupcakes, but I'm not having any fun. When does the fun start? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing, Raouf? What, you got better things to do? he's smoking a doobie (laughs) Uh, the episode had a good title plunge many characters took a plunge this week Gunner, Norman, Emma, Cody's dad took a plunge down the stairs and Norman and Norman took a plunge onto his bed good god where to begin (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) Uh, yes Uh, She says, I felt like a lot of characters got some screen time this week. It was a little bit of everyone's storyline, and that's good to see. Yes. She says, I don't know if I trust Christina. I feel like both she and Nick Ford are using Norma to further their own cause. I don't know what Christina's cause is. Maybe she wants to be in charge of the weed empire of Pine White Bay, as Norma (laughs) calls it. But Norma is definitely being used. Now that she has a seat in the city council, Nick Ford will want to will want her to return the favor for getting Lee Berman out of the way. Yeah, there's some sketchy stuff going on right there. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Yep. Uh, she says Dylan gets to go to a sleepover at Zane's sister's house and gets to see her barn of weed <laughs> and gets to have sex with her. Wow. She's a bit of a flat character after the obnoxious Zane we've had to put up with, but not this week. Yay. After I heard M's awesome name for Christina's husband, Douchey McBypass, <laughs> I had to make up one for Zane. Bleachy on leather britches. <laughs> done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> Bleachy Von Leather Bridges. <laughs> My favorite part is the Von and the Bridges. <laughs> I so hate his bleached out hair and the hair metal leather pants. <laughs> it's just so annoying. And now Dylan has to babysit him. That will be lots of fun. Not. I'm not impressed with this sister either. She was a bad actress on, wait for it, 90210. (laughs) We're not allowed to talk about that anymore. (laughs) I don't think Mikey still listens. Mikey told us. (laughs) I think Mikey listened to about a half hour of our podcast and turned it off. I'm pretty sure that's the case. (laughs) So she was a bad actress on, wait for it, 90210. And she still is a bad actress. That is so funny you guys didn't watch that show. I did watch it faithfully, and my sisters bought me the first four seasons, so I'm not ashamed. 
Hey, don't be ashamed, Carrie. Listen, Carrie, Sue and I have seen every one of the Twilight movies. (laughs) (laughs) Not only. (laughs) There is no judgments here. (laughs) Not only have we watched all four, five of them. Is Um, it four? We went out of our way. I think there's four. I think there might be five because the last one, there were four books, right? And the last one was split into two movies. Yeah, however many, four, maybe five. Not only did Emma and I see all of them in the theater, we went out to Wyoming to see all of them with our family. Yes, yes we <laughs> so, didn't do that. <laughs> we drove like five to six hours to see the Twilight movies. <laughs> <laughs> It may or may not have been a little tongue-in-cheek, but it happened, and we don't regret it. Absolutely not. Nope. Weren't they generally, like, Thanksgiving releases? Yeah, it was always, like, my birthday, Thanksgiving. Um, right. It just it just, it just, just happened, all right? <laughs> it just happened. It's, yeah. It, but, we had yes. some good times. <laughs> we had fantastic times. They have the best them. theater up in there in Wyoming. I mean, They've got a crappy, you guys have no idea. One of those crappy old Main Street theaters with like the balcony and we could tell you stories. <laughs> but <laughs> there was one <laughs> one of the times we saw it. I got to tell this one. <laughs> there was like a generator that kept going off and it had like a sense of irony. Like every time Edward was like brooding and about to say something it'd go it'd click on yeah you could because it had like curtains next to the screen and there was a generator like it was running off a generator and just every once in a while you just it was so great anyway okay so that's anyway there's a lot of stories but that's just one of them (laughs) yeah carrie we understand so don't be ashamed um but she says, so her sister's bought her the first four seasons, so she's not ashamed. I should be, but I'm not. I was too old for Saved by the Bell, so I must be. So it must be an age thing. That's okay, though. We all have our past favorite shows. Uh, then she says, Emma and Gunner were having a good time in room seven again this week. They are still cute. I cannot go into too much detail because my heart is still broken. There's too much pain. Aww. Norma has a little talk with Cody this week. Cody didn't listen to her, of course, because she is cool, badass chick, ick. <laughs> I'm glad they toned her down this week. Last week she was getting as bad as Joe. Pony a chick. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. That's Joe from Facts and Life. <laughs> oh, the tomboy? Yeah. <laughs> there I go with another old show. Now I know everyone has seen at least a few episodes of The Facts of Life. <laughs> and Cody reminds me of the tomboy character. I love Joe. That's right. I I never would have picked her last name out of a bucket. Oh, Paul Neajek? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Natalie was my favorite. Yeah, um, Natalie and Tootie. <laughs> but Cody actually seemed a little more down to earth this week, and she really does seem concerned about Norman's blackouts. Yeah, she did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cody, I was just kind of, eh, what's going on? And then I'm like, eh, I like her. And then I was like, eh, I don't like her. 
That was very articulate. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sue's, uh, Sue's assessment of Cody and Caveman talk. So Carrie says, I liked the swimming hole scene. Gunner's swimming trunks was a real treat to see. Woohoo. Emma's eyes got so big when she saw Norman right on top of Cody. That was hilarious. <laughs> and of course, Cody has no swimming suit. Because she has a Chester Cheetah bra. She did I indeed. I hope she has more than just one bra. <laughs> <laughs> and was Norman in boxers? I believe he was. Did you notice he said mother when he hit the cold water? Yes, I totally noticed that. Not only did I notice, I watched it, laughed, switched the captions, the closed captions on just to make sure and rewound it and watched it again. Yep. <laughs> It was, was awesome. So awesome. <laughs> and yes, he had boxers on because they were not out to go swimming. They were out to go. Um, yeah, Gunnar, Gunnar and Emma seemed more prepared. They yeah, they were ready to do that. These two well. skipped out on tech. Cody and, you know, they were in their undies. <laughs> um, <laughs> she says, poor Emma, she wanted so bad to have fun and do what everyone else was doing. And it's Norman to the rescue. He got a little Norma on Cody. That was interesting. He got a lot Norma on Cody. Yeah, he did. Full on. He, he can have the sweetest looks on his face and the look so menacing. Cody looks scared to death. So why is Norman so protective of Emma? I saw all kinds of sparks between Emma and Norman this week. I did too. Mm-hmm. Uh, her attack must have freaked Gunner out because he didn't act too concerned about Emma, but was right there to defend Cody. Emma should be with Norman and Cody with Gunner. It makes more sense. Yeah, I kind of saw yeah, that too. I could see that. I think Cody was just... I think Cody acted like a normal teenager would have, and Norman, he really controlled that situation, and he was super uber protective of Emma, and yeah, I... I yeah. think Cody acted like a um, way more normal. I mean, he did. He he was a little shocked, but Norman's the one that jumped into the water and he told him to grab the ca- the the stuff. Tank. So he did yeah. the tank, and he did. And I don't know. He's he smokes a lot of pot. <laughs> true, true. There's that, and you know, Norman knows Emma a lot better than Gunner does. Right. You know, so. I don't know. We can talk about it later, but I, yeah. I do kind of see the Cody and Gunner. I can see them getting together, actually. Yeah. Sure. But uh, then Carrie says, do you know where there were no sparks this week? George and Norma. <laughs> I cannot, I, she says, I cannot stand them even in scenes together. He is a very nice man and he's sweet to her, but there's no chemistry. And the first time he witnesses Norma and Norman's cuddle time, he would be out of there as quick as possible. So I'm hoping the writers will see the error of their way and kill George off. <laughs> Not only does she want him gone, she wants him killed. <laughs> I, I'd be okay Carrie. With that. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to get on your bad side. <laughs> Just keep bringing the towels into room number nine. <laughs> I don't and know. I don't mean it in an Emma way. <laughs> I just pick towels out of my (laughs) (laughs) I just I don't know I still am all for just giving giving it a chance 
Sometimes sparks don't happen right away. That's true. And he was... We'll talk about it later. Okay. Anyway. Uh, there so, was a tiny there was a tiny spark during the Liberty Valance talk. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. She says there were tiny sparks again between Norma and Romero. He cleans up nice. He does. He <laughs> Indeed. I think he's looking out for her by not encouraging her to get a seat on the council. He knows there's more to that job than Norma is ready for. I'm predicting he will help her out if she gets into anything she can't handle. He really seemed genuinely concerned, didn't he? He did. He did. I think he's just so... He's just really concerned about this whole Nick Ford relationship, you know? Yeah. And then she says, okay, Norma finds out she gets a seat on the council, and she runs up to Norman, and they plunge onto his bed. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm yelling at the TV, not the bed, not the bed. And then she gets up, and you think it's over, but nope. <laughs> Norman pulls her over and plants his head right into her chest. And I'm just praying that there will be no motorboat. <laughs> uh, so then she says, Norma got the call from Emma, just in time to save Norman from getting the pesky driver's license. <laughs> Are you still laughing at the motorboat? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, she is determined not to lose that boy, and he is so confused and embarrassed in those scenes, it was really sad what's happening to him. It's true, but you know what? He can't have a driver's license if he's doing that. I mean... Yeah. You know? It's weird, though, that she just decided then and there and she didn't use that as a case you could tell she was hesitant from him getting one anyway the whole episode but yeah but i just have a feeling that it it just took someone else knowing that this is happening for norma to that's a good point take some sort of action you know yeah because she can keep it a secret (laughs) right you know yeah that does change things. Yep. Uh, and then she says, and then we see him go off on Cody and that wakes up her dad. And we see why she hates him so much. What an ass. I was glad he took his plunge down the stairs and I guess he's dead. I didn't hear a neck snap, but he looked like he was dead. Yeah, he looked pretty broken. Um, I heard a like a ripping crunch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's dead. Oh, he's dead, and yeah, I. It was like a snap, but it was it was like a long ripping crunch. You should listen to it again. <laughs> There's Ew. a sound. Ew, gross. Yeah. And she finishes with, and that's the episode. I have to say, unless the next few episodes are really good, I still like season one better. Of course, there are more characters in season two, but it feels like it's dragging a bit. That surprises say, me. I do not feel that way at all. I really don't either. I am loving season two. Yeah, I'm... I love season one, but it just... I'm really loving season two. I'm very much enjoying season two, actually. But I hope the next episodes are really good. Not just for Carrie's benefit. 
they've got to be. I mean, we're now we're winding down the season. Yeah. We're over the halfway point now. So no more meh episodes. Yeah. Uh, she says, I will send off this comic card now. No complaints this week. I have been hearing some rumors about loud noise from room <laughs> one, but I don't believe any of it. Harold. Oh, wait, no. She says, but I don't believe any of it, Harold. What happens in room one stays in room one. <laughs> <laughs> so you got someone watching your back, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, take care and chill your own ass. <laughs> Well, thank you, Carrie, for that really entertaining email. That that gave me a really good laugh. I the motorboating I will never forget. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was fantastic. So, yep, you are staying in room number nine, of course. Oh yes. We're gonna engrave your name on the door. Yeah, we're we're gonna have a little plaque. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we got uh, feedback from Harold. He says Sue and M. Well, first he does what we've been watching, and we are save that for the what we've been watching episode. Cool. Okay. Um, so comment card for room one for plunge, from room one for plunge. I am sure I am not the only one who knew that when Norma started talking about how great everything was going for her and Norman with about 10 minutes left in the episode that the roof was about to cave in. That's in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> she even says, today's a really good day. I know. Good grief. Having learned not to say that. So sorry to see that Norman and Cody's relationship has gotten off to a rocky start. It's not going to be easy for them when they are an old married couple and they reminisce about that summer when they first met and killed her father. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They might, though. I think it, it's not going to be so bad for her. I don't think so. I don't know. It'll be interesting. She didn't seem very attached to him. No. No. How long did she say till she was 18? I think she said last episode. Just a few months. She, all she, from what I remember, all she said was that she was almost 18. Okay. So. That's interesting. You know, she. You know, she's a minor <laughs> for like a few months. I don't yeah. know. Maybe she's got some deadbeat mom she can. Stay with for a few months. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think? Where do you think her mom is? Too bad if Norma liked her more, she could stay in one of the rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well her son think... just did kill her dad. Maybe she will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was a pretty interesting episode from Cody's perspective. She was on edge throughout between her home life and her new bestie, Norman. In the scene by the river, she seemed petrified of him. He probably reminds her a lot of her dad. Norman, on the other hand, seemed to be channeling Norma, the way he orders everyone around and scolds them for not being more careful. <laughs> <laughs> he totally channeled Norma in that. It's like, you stay out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. Yep. Um, 
I am curious to see what her reaction to all this will be in the aftermath of that last scene. Will she blame Norman, her dad, or herself? It was a great Emma episode, too. I loved how worked up she got before calling Norma about Norman's blackouts. I look forward to hearing your thoughts about where her head is at. I guess we will save those thoughts for the time. Yep. And I will do my best about my thoughts. I don't know if they're very enlightening. <laughs> what is I've, up got, with I've got some thoughts. Good. What is up with Sheriff Romero? I mean, Alex... Oh, sorry. <laughs> what is up with Sheriff Romero? I mean, Alex... Looking into Norma's window, is he being protective of her privacy or just a perv? I would, if he was being a perv, he wouldn't have said anything. So he's either being protective of her privacy or flirty. I think he's just being protective. I think he just noticed yeah. it and realized other people can see it. Yeah, which protective just of her as a woman or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. I think he was just being a good guy and saying, guess what? When your light's on in your bedroom and it's at night, we can see you. So that was a nice, really nice thing of him to do. It was. And I love how taken aback she was. And then he's just like stares at her for a minute. And he's like, he's like all right. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was funny. Okay. I am guessing Norma's appointment as councilman is going to be shelved. What with Norman's pending homicide charge and everything? One thing I learned from this episode, don't cross Nick Ford. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even think of that. I didn't either. Yeah, we can can talk about it. I never thought about the repercussions on Norma's seat to councilman would have. So, but thank you, Harold. Yep, we, thank you. A, we didn't get a lot of complaints about you this week. <laughs> None. <laughs> you must have been behaving yourself. Yep. Yep. Although, what, what stays in room one? What happens in room one stays in room one. That's true. Except, don't forget, we have that people. We know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, should we get into the episode itself? Yep. All right. It starts with Norma in the kitchen seeing the dead councilman headlines. Right? Yep. Yep. And then Norman comes down and he's like, what's for breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then he's caught with beer paraphernalia. Yeah, somehow he drops, like, the the bottle cap. And, and a bottle opener. An opener. So he had the opener, too. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. And, yeah, Norm is not very happy with it. But, I mean, she's still, she's kind of cool about it, too. I mean, she's, a, you know, she is a good mom. Oh, yeah. You know, she's like, Norman, I'm going to trust you, but you cannot keep secrets from me, you know? I mean, she doesn't fly off the handle and be like, you're grounded for a week, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah, she just kind of, she's very uneasy about him drinking, and she's uneasy about Cody, but 
for Norma, she handled that quite unnormal like. She did. She handled it really well and you know, basically let him know I'm not happy with it, but I raised you to make good decisions and I'm going to trust you, you know. Which is just awesome. Most parents would be like, you don't get to talk on the phone for a week or something, you know. Yeah. Something, you know. So then Dylan's getting discharged from the hospital. He gets picked up by his boss instead of Remo. Yeah, so Zane's sister, and I, I kept listening. Do we ever find out what her name is? I don't think so, but um, I think you met Leechy von Leatherbridges. <laughs> so... <laughs> So this is Bleachy Von Leatherbridge's sister. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can call her 90210. That is what we're going to call her. Because I, in all of my notes, I'm like, Zane's sister. And I'm like, yeah. what is her name? <laughs> so we'll just call her 90210. Um, so yeah, she's the one that started to pick him up. And they're driving, and we find out that he was actually in a hospital two towns over. All right. So that kind of explains why, I guess, why Norman and Norma don't know. Yeah, do you think, and it, that, like, Shelby wasn't really involved. Do you think that her goons or something just, like, heard about it, picked him up at the scene, and took him to a hospital? That's what I was wondering, because Romero, you said Shelby, but it's Romero. Well, now I got his name in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, because she even kind of says, no one knows it was you. So, there's no way Romero knows it's Dylan. Yeah, I don't. There's no way. He would totally tell Norma. Yeah, it looks like the shootout at the in the middle of town just was really swept under the rug somehow. Right. So maybe Zane picked up Dylan, threw him in their car, and drove him or something. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, she takes him to her house, which seems to be like way out of the way. It's a nice place. She has a goat. <laughs> I the goat. I put a note in my in my love, notes about the goats. <laughs> I love goats. <laughs> you do. <laughs> but uh, so she brings him inside, and she's like, "So do you have family I need to call?" And he says, "Oh, they don't care about me." <laughs> and then he's all, "That came out way more pathetic <laughs> than it was supposed to." That was awesome. <laughs> that made me laugh. So, but yeah, so Dylan is staying at 90210's house. Mm, yes, he is. Um, okay, and the next thing on my notes is Norma going to the yacht club to see Nick Ford. Yep. She's 
obviously been stewing a lot about this councilman and just is like, okay, way over my head already. I don't want in, so I'm getting out now. Yeah, it's got to be a combination of, like, Romero telling her to stay away from Nick Ford. And then, like, Lee Berman dying. Yeah. That's got to be, like, kind of going on in her head, you know. But it's so funny how she, like, goes up to that little call thing and Nick Ford's assistant or secretary or whatever is like, well, you don't have an appointment with him. And Norm is like, all right, I'll just drive home, call you and come back. And the secretary's <laughs> like, okay, Mrs. Bates and click. <laughs> no, she totally could call her bluff. <laughs> that made awesome. me laugh. <laughs> But then Nick Ford happens to be, like, right behind her. He, you know, Norma's like, oh, it's so sad that he died. And he says, sad and convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep, I still kind of like him. I know he's a bad guy, but I still kind of like him. (laughs) He just kind of explains. Sometimes when people die, it is convenient. But she says that she really doesn't want to be a part of that scheme anymore and he points out I didn't bother her before you know like before Lee Berman died and she says something like yeah but it's kind of weird that he died don't you think you know and he's like you're not accusing me of being involved are you and she's like no that would be crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah I like that too And then she says she can just take it from there. So, I don't know. Norma, you're just not very bright sometimes. Well, it it actually kind of seemed pretty calculated to say, well, that that would be crazy, right? (laughs) I don't know. It seemed kind of a good thing to say, actually, in that situation. I mean, what else are you going to say? Well, that part of it seemed like the right thing to say but I don't know she knows that he's involved in Berman's death she knows well yes and I think that's why she said that'd be crazy so you think she's just trying to maybe I can just get out now before I'm too involved yeah well but this this is the part where she's like Norma, you know, you should know that you can't just get out of it now. See, that's how I would be. I would just be like, okay, I'm in over my head, and I'm not smart enough up against this guy. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's just how I would be. I would, I would be, like, terrified of him. And yeah, there's yeah. no way I can outsmart him. There's no way I can outsmart him. I'm not that kind of thinker. But Norma would think she could. Yeah, I guess so. 
I guess I don't think like her. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, all right, I'm your pawn. <laughs> <laughs> but, so. Okay, then we've got uh, Christine coming over. And this was weird. This was kind of awkward and weird to me. It was. I've got some questions about this. I've got some reservations about Christine, some big ones. Yeah, me too. It's weird, though. You'd think she's got some major agenda now, just according to how it's playing. She's, like, trying to play it cool, but it seems like she has a major agenda to get Norma on the council. Almost like maybe she's now being, like, squeezed by... Nick Ford to do it. That's to pressure I, her into it because her husband wants it. He wants the Costco. He wants the bypass. That is my question. I'm like, my question is, why is Christina so into getting Norma that seat? And aren't they for the bypass? Or was it just her husband? I mean, I don't know. That is something we're going to need a lot more info on. I'm just going to wait for it. Right, right, because I just also thought it was just so weird that Christina pulls up and she hops out of the car and she's like, isn't that really weird about Nick Berman? Like, like as if he was like a mutual friend of theirs. I don't know. It just, the whole thing seemed weird to me. Yeah, it was very weird. And then Christina's like, you should go for the seat and. You know, we're friends with Rob, and I loved how Norma's like, oh, who's Rob? Who's Rob? <laughs> She's Disney. like the mayor, and Norma's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she knows. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally got, like, a... Something's not right here. What is Five. Christina's angle? Well, because even Norma... When she meets Nick Ford at after when they're at the valet parking and she says to Nick, she's like, you're the only person I've met that's against the bypass. Can I, you know, buy you a cup of coffee sometime or something, you know? Uh-huh. So Christina, something's going on there. <laughs> Cause wouldn't Norma know by then that Christina was against it? If Christina was, cause she's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I am having a hard time even speculating. I'm. I know there's some inconsistencies going on. I just I know something's up. Is all. Yeah. What I can contribute. <laughs> and I know it's on purpose, so it's very interesting. It's yeah. So then it's just a quick little scene. Dylan wakes up and nine o two one o brings him some herbal elixir. <laughs> with lavender she's quite the herbist <laughs> herbologist <laughs> <laughs> good for her she's got goats and herbs yep but she does live in like a great house up in the middle of nowhere yeah that's like cam's dream oh really oh yeah rob and i are city folk <laughs> Oh, yeah. I would like that for my, like, getaway house. <laughs> That's kind of how I see it. If we're rich, we might as well be, well be really rich. 
Exactly. <laughs> and have a getaway house on the mountains. Yep. <laughs> yep. Dream big. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so, uh, and then it cuts to the the cupcakes kissing. Yep. Emma's just bringing towels. Yeah. I use air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't see them. Because this is a podcast. Um, yeah. So she and Gunner are still uh, hot and heavy, I suppose. <laughs> um, but she's at work. And then Norma kind of pops in on the scene. And... Well, the best is how she walks out of his room and Norman's like right there and he's like, hi, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> so Norma, Norman. <laughs> you, know, you could tell she was trying to like be all casual. She got caught. <laughs> it's so cute. But yeah, Norman's standing there waiting. He's like, I'm just waiting for Cody. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Cody shows up all loud. Yes, and uh... <laughs> Norma sees Norma. it. <laughs> she just <laughs> she just runs down the stairs and just runs to the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a great Norma scene. She um, goes to Cody's side. And tells her to turn down the music, and Cody plays the, what, I can't hear you, brat. And so Norman turns the radio off, and then um, she tells Cody she needs, well, she tells Norman that she needs to speak to Cody. (laughs) Then she goes to the driver's side, the passenger side, (laughs) and gets in, shuts the door. (laughs) And rolls up the window. Right in Norman's face. Her look, the look on her face was just cold. She's just looking at Norman, like rolling out the window. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was fantastic. You gave me a great laugh. Yeah, and then she tells, she tells Cody that, and Cody looks actually kind of scared and submissive to me. She does, and. You know, Norma has such, here's what's so great about Norma is she could have sat there and said to Cody, look, I don't like you, you know, I don't like anything that you represent, blah, 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 blah. But all she said was, don't let him drink because of medical reasons. Yeah. You know, that's all she said. And... I just thought that was so – she could have said so much more. Oh, yeah, and I was geared up for all, the, all yep. that. <laughs> but that's all she said. She's like, there's some medical reasons. You just got to trust me. Don't let him drink alcohol, you know? Yeah, it was it was quite awesome, and I was, I was really genuinely disappointed in Cody for the first thing she does is go <laughs> – Decided to blow off tech and steal some rum from her dad. That's what I don't get. I don't get because Cody... And Norman's going to go along with it. I know. And she knows it. And and Cody did seem to understand what Norma was saying. Because obviously, you know, Cody has seen, at this point, one of the blackouts. 
Yeah, and it and if the guy's mother is saying, "Look, there's medical reasons. Don't let him drink. Don't let him drink." You know. Yeah, she made a very, very stupid teenager decision, and she kind of paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I I thought Norma was. I just thought that was just such a great mom right there. Like, she could have embarrassed Cody. She could have just gone off. She could have normed all over Cody. Yeah, it could have been the Raouf Doobie scene mm-hmm. all over again. But it could have been the you're a dick Lee Berman scene, you oh, know? Yeah, that would said, be better. You know, and then she gets out of the car and she tells Norman, she's like, "This is the last time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you are not riding with her again." Yeah, but I don't know. Good for Norma. So, yeah. So, Norma and, and Cody are driving, and she's like, we need to blow off tech and go to a swimming hole or something. And Norman says, we need to show up and do our job. <laughs> <laughs> Norma's speech that he didn't even hear worked on Norman. <laughs> He's such a good boy. <laughs> he is. <laughs> But, yeah, but she wants to stop by the house and grab some liquor. And uh, Dad drives up while they're doing that, and so they hide in the closet, and we have a very interesting flashback. Very interesting. Norman is a very, very young child. Oh, my gosh. He looks like... Like a year? A year? year and a half, maybe? How could he possibly remember that? It must have been really bad. It must have been really bad because how can you have memories that young? I don't understand, you know. Did you notice how cool the filming was in that? How it kept, like, skipping, jumping? The camera kept jumping. It looked like we were looking at, like, old family movies. Yeah. It kind of had that, like, Super 8, like... Washed out look. Yeah. And it also just kind of jumped a little bit. It was really cool. Go was, back and watch that, everybody. It was amazing. It was really cool. Yep, so he and Cody have to hide in the closet because her dad gets home while they're stealing liquor. And, yeah, Norman just starts having these flashbacks. And, yeah, he had to have been, like, a year, year and a half old. Tops, yeah. And, yeah, so it was hiding in the closet. Totally brought this... Uh, on. Yeah, he goes into one of his trances. You know, Cody's dad leaves and Cody... We don't know how long he was in the trance. Because we, the next we see is they're sitting on the couch and he's kind of getting out of it. Right, right. Yeah. That was interesting. Washcloth on him, like, you know. Yeah, I wish we, I wish we had a handle on how long it had been. So... So here's a trance that was triggered by absolutely nothing sexual. It was triggered by a memory of hiding in a closet. Of hiding in the closet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that means interesting things. What's up with that? <laughs> you know, I mean, is it just being afraid of a father figure? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, so yeah, that was, that was a great scene. Because now here's here's a trance brought on by, you know, something else. Yeah. So, and they really did a good job making Vera look so young in those. She did, and she had a terrible wig on. And 
the trance ends with the father finding them. Right. right. So they got in trouble. <laughs> right, exactly. I wonder how awful that dad was. And it seems like Norman, you know, it. It. now that I think about it, he, it probably, all of this probably started, you know, we've been wondering what, if he was born with something or if it was, and we figured out it was probably environmental and it's, it's gotta be this father that he killed. Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of speculated, you know, is it something he was born with or was it like an isolated incident or, or just lots of bad incidents. And that's what I'm starting to think is. It's yeah. This dad. It's the dad. You know, we saw him be a really big jerk about the curtains. Was she? Did she buy new curtains for the house? Yes. And that's what led to the violence that led to his blackout, where he kills him. Well, he kills him, right? Just kind of interesting. I'm, I'm going to uh, peg the dad as the reason Norman is the way he is. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's There's no way you'd be able to flash back to a memory that young if it wasn't like a really... Repressed memory, yeah. It's got to you know, be, yeah. Freezy, bad memory, you know. Because I would think that anyone's first memory, and I would think that most people's memories are probably when they're three or four. I've heard of people saying that they have memories of being like in the crib and stuff and that. Our mom does. She's got a weird memory of riding in a car in a crib. They, you know, this was way before car seats. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess our grandma would put like one of those playpen cribs in like the way back of the car. Oh, really? <laughs> and mom has a memory of riding in that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So yeah, mom, our mom has one of the earliest memories I've ever heard of. Someone having. So then we're at the, the watering hole. hole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Norman tells Cody that he's sorry that she's scared of her dad. And that's when she's kind of like, oh, he's not bad all the time. You know, she kind of starts defending him. Mm-hmm. She's like, he's a lot of fun when we watch TV. He makes a lot of jokes and blah, blah, blah. You know. She's like taking drinks of the bottle of rum and then she goes, do you know what's fun? And she takes a drink or she puts a bunch of rum in her mouth and then spits it into his. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. Gross. I didn't know why that's fun. <laughs> that's so disgusting. Especially if you're, ugh, yeah, especially if you're not um, ready for it or know what's going on. That just... Ew. I would be grossed out if Cam did that to me and we've been married for like <laughs> 10 years. You know, it's like, ew. But, uh, well, especially since his mom just told her, don't let him drink. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but Emma and Gunnar walk up. <laughs> well, they start making out yeah, they, and then yeah. Emma and Gunnar walk up. Right. <laughs> 
and it's kind of awkward. Um, but then, you know, Cody's like, oh, I saw you. She's talking to Gunner. She's like, oh, I saw you at the beach party and you, you sell pot, don't you? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> and then Cody says she wonders how cold the water is. And Gunner says, like, why don't we find out? And I'm like, okay, Cody and Gunner need to be together, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they, like, <laughs> just really hit it off. They kind of did. They kind of did. So, so then it's a Norma and Romero scene. All right, this is uh, Romero in a suit. He's going to testify. He's testifying at that Kyle's trial. So this is the first now that we've heard about the guy that's being blamed for Miss Watson's death. Right. So at least they're kind of bringing it up. But yep, so Romero comes out of his room wearing a nice suit. And yeah, Norm is like, can I just call you by your first name? Because it's weird to call you Romero. I have to tell you. I just love the crap that just flows out of her mouth when she's with Romero. <laughs> she just doesn't stop talking. <laughs> it's like when she's around him, she lets all her inner dialogue come out. <laughs> it's like this stream of conscious, like... Yes, it totally is, and I love it so much. I wish she did that all the time. <laughs> But if she was to do it with anybody, I'm just tickled it's with Romero. Oh, he's... They're just the best together. They're the best. So, she tells him that she's going for a Berman seat. Romero says she won't get it. <laughs> <laughs> he says there's politics going on that she doesn't understand and... And that she just isn't going to get the seat. And she's like, why do you... Why are you so against me? <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when he tells her he's like look I gotta tell you something it's kind of awkward <laughs> <laughs> and he goes at night when your light's on in your room I can see right through your curtains <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta tell you at this point if they do it right I think I'd be okay with a hookup but I don't need it and I'm not shipping them in any way, but I think I'd be okay with it. And I'd be great with them not, with them never going there. I don't know. It's I'm, getting more interesting to me. I'm still not okay with it. Yep. It it's the idea is just getting a little more interesting to me. I'm 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 still not okay with it. I think. I think it takes a really honest and good man to say you need to get some better curtains because <laughs> I honestly don't think he's been standing there watching. I think he's noticed it. I think he's mostly saying it because of the other people staying at the hotel who could see it as well. Oh, I do too. And I don't picture him enjoying it or watching or anything. 
And the fact that I brought up their hookup right then was just because it was the end of the scene. I just felt like their interchange before he even said anything. Was I mean, again, yeah, there was a little look between the two of them, you know. It's subtle. It's so subtle. But it just doesn't need to go any further than that. He can be a man. I'm sure when he first saw it, he was just like, oh, wow, you know, as any man would be, you know. Right. But I don't think it goes beyond that in his mind. I really don't. I don't. No, I fully agree. I I don't either. And I think he was just trying to be chivalrous. Absolutely. You know, I, I just, I don't think he sexualizes her. I, I just, I'm sure he enjoyed it for a split second and then went, oh, wait a second. If I can see this, other people can see this. I respect her enough. I need to let her know. You know? I agree. So I still don't think they're doing it. I don't want him to do it. I, don't, I just don't want it. And I am at the point where I'd be okay. I'm not pushing for it at all. I'd be 100% happy if it doesn't happen. But I can just see a little something happening that I'm finally feeling like I'd be okay if something happened. But I don't know what yet, and it'd have to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only thing I would be okay with is if they end up, like, doing some weird drunken one-night stand. Exactly. Which- which makes it even more awkward between exactly. the two. Exactly. It, it would have to be something like that. It okay. could not be like a relationship. Right. Okay. So I would be okay with that happening. Okay. If one night she ends up in his room and they're playing like quarters or something. <laughs> and they both get a little too drunk and yeah. Because that would, that would even more awkward their relationship. Which I don't think needs to happen. It's awkward enough. But I don't want a relationship. I don't. No, I don't either. I don't want them falling in love. No. So yeah, okay. I'll put it that way. I I'm okay with a drunken one night stand, and that's it. <laughs> well, that's all it could be, honestly. I still don't really want it, but I wouldn't hate it. So. All right. I have you on board. <laughs> <laughs> So, so then it's the rope swing. It's the rope swing. Um, yeah. So Gunner and Emma are in swimsuits, and Norman and Cody are in underwear. They're skivvies. Yep. (laughs) So Gunner does the swing, and then it's Norman's turn, and he's like. He wants to do it, but he's pretty nervous. He's like, so I just run and jump, right? <laughs> it was just, it brought home the fact that Norman just doesn't get these teenage he, moments. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and Cody's like, yeah, but don't forget to let go. <laughs> but Norman does the jump and seems to have a really good time. Right, and he, he did it well. He did. He didn't. He didn't make an ass of himself. (laughs) (laughs) But then Emma kind of. She says little things that she really wants to, and honestly, I don't fault. I do not fault 
fault Cody. I really don't either. You know, she Cody... encouraged her in like a nice way, like a way you would. And she, she don't, she may not even know what's wrong with Emma. Although they went to school together, so she probably does. But yeah, but Cody dropped out. I mean, Emma doesn't seem to have. I don't think anyone really understands Emma except for Norman. Really, Norman seems to be the closest oh, person to her. That's right. I was thinking maybe Emma grew up in that town, but she did not. No. Okay. So. Cody is just one of those people that is really good at getting other people to do things. Right. People who normally wouldn't make those decisions, Cody's good at getting them to make those decisions. They're they're we've all had those friends. They're yes, just they're and they are mother's worst nightmares. Yes. They <laughs> they make you make decisions that you normally would never do. I mean, for a little while I think I was one of those friends. Too, you know? <laughs> I was not, but I had them. Yeah, you just Tommy Casper. <laughs> <laughs> you hearing us, Tommy? <laughs> So, you know, I mean, that just happens. And Cody is just one of those. And Emma is just, she doesn't have a lot of friends. And so, this, you know, I mean, I don't fault Cody either. Um, Well, basically, Emma does it. (laughs) And she doesn't come up. And so everyone panics. A long time to surface, yeah. Norma, Norman, or I should say Norma, um, just immediately starts calling out orders, you know, Gunner, get her, get a blanket, get a, get her oxygen tank, and he runs in, grabs her. She does pop up, but she's panicking. Yeah. And he helps her, and she's crying and gasping, and, oh, he's, he's so sweet with her. Oh, it's such a cute little scene between the two of them because he just really seems to be the only one that understands what's really going on. Yeah, and you know how I said, I think in the first season, that Emma's the kind of girl that Norman would like stuff and keep in his basement? <laughs> <laughs> I think you got... Yeah. I, there it is right there. It is. It is. That's... Yeah. Your little argument got some... Uh, cred because uh-huh. I see it you know well because he's even saying before Emma even does a jump Norman's like don't do it you know are yeah. you sure you know yeah he doesn't want her to do it nope and you know they've been working together at the hotel they you know I mean he just he doesn't look at her sexually but he looks at he looks he's protective of her and he cares about her and yeah like she's a very little sister or something or, yes. or just a good friend you know i mean although the way um emma's reacted to it i fear that it's awakened her oh, old feelings yeah. for him <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah norman gets her out of the water and he just has his arm around her and she's crying and he's just holding that oxygen right up to her nose and breathe, you know? Yeah. He's like, you know, 
focus, you know, focus on your breathing. And, and then he just goes off on Cody. Yeah. I mean, he tells Cody, he's like, not everyone is just a toy that you can play with. I mean. Yeah. He pulls some stuff out. That's like, he does. It was, yep. Well, and while he's yelling at Cody, Gunner's like, Hey, you know, she didn't know. And, Norman's like, stay out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, he goes off on Cody. But he was right to. I don't know. It, it, it's just a weird situation. It's a bad situation. Yeah. he. Um, I think he went a little overboard. But Yeah. <laughs> a little, but I think that was just like the mother bear coming out. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was in a way kind of channeling Norma without really channeling her, you know, mm-hmm. he just seems very protective of Emma, but, but it is, this is the scene and Carrie noticed it and I noticed it. And I think you noticed it where as soon as Norman hits the water, he's like, mother, <laughs> So, um, so I think Cody just leaves. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Really, I don't think they really end the scene. No, they don't. They don't. They end the scene with Norman going back and putting his arm. I mean, we don't really even know what happened to Gunner either. Yeah, I can't imagine Cody stuck around. <laughs> I'm guessing she took off and Gunner and Emma drove Norman home. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So. So yeah. So then is when George shows up at Norma's. Oh yeah, I didn't write any notes on that. Okay. Um, it was just a quick little scene. She's like, "Thank you for coming over," and he explains that you know he's he he's a lawyer and he's you know, got political interest and and he became a lawyer because of the movie The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, mm-hmm. which have you seen that movie? No. I know the song though. <laughs> it's a really, really, really good movie. It's actually one I've been like writing down movies because of the top oh, movie I list. It's it's actually one I have written down. Like, oh yeah, I love that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't think it'll make my top ten, but honorable mention. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really, really good movie. But um, so yeah, George is there to just kind of help Norma get her talking points and whatnot for trying to get that seat. Right. He's there to coach, but. Coach, I don't think yes. he minds doing it. <laughs> I don't no. think he minds the excuse. No, and, you know, I agree there's not a lot of chemistry there, but I don't know. I'm still not going to throw George under the bus. I'm still I'm still more for George and Norma getting together than Romero and Norma. Yeah, I think, I think those two could have a relationship. I, yeah. You know, again, I don't think the show's given him much of a chance, so I don't think we can write him off yet. 
Not much of a chance. I don't see much chemistry, though, but, you know, you're right. It can, chemistry can come later. <laughs> it can come later. It can. It doesn't have to happen right away. So, so then we see Dylan in 90210 at her weed farm. She's got a really nice, like, hydroponic deal going on there. But she says to Dylan, you know, that her her dad just kind of started growing weed for him and his friends, and he was really good at it and made a business out of it. And then she's like, and then both my parents died and left me the pot business. And I don't know. How did her parents die? Do you think that's... Um, maybe from the weed business? I don't know. Probably from the weed business. There's probably these... This little, I don't know, family against family may have gone back quite a ways because I, you know, I think if they died in like a car accident or something, I think she would have said something. But Yeah, well, this and this could be the, um, the reason that Bleachy Von Weatherbridges is the way he is. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's got to be what it is then. He's got like some chip on his shoulder. Uh-huh. So he's not just stupid. He's still a stupid. Well, that's the thing. He's not just stupid. He's got like a agenda. Mm. And that's even a scarier person. True. Like a, a stupid person with a purpose. With a hot head. Yeah. You know. So... So, yeah, and then she tells Dylan that she needs him to be in charge without Zane knowing he's running things. Thank you, 90210, for admitting your mistake of putting yes. him in charge. But how is that going to ever work? Zane is, how is Dylan ever going to control him? Yeah, next episode should be interesting. <laughs> You know, I mean, she should know that her brother is just a hothead who makes stupid, impulsive decisions. How could Dylan... And wouldn't ever listen to anybody. No. How could Dylan possibly run things? Unless he tells the guys when Zane tells them to do something and he tells them later not to do it. But that won't last long. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's got some secret hand signals <laughs> like new plan guys <laughs> I don't this makes no sense to me I just well she is stupid because she put Zane in charge in the first place so we know that we said that she was starting in the red and that's true so yeah she hasn't earned much credit this no. episode no she hasn't and to tell Dylan that he needs to just go ahead and take charge without Zane knowing, that just doesn't work in my mind. If she's in charge, why can't she just tell him that Dylan's in charge now? Because he'd probably kill him? <laughs> probably. She. That's what I don't understand to begin with. Why? I, I don't know. I don't. We get don't it. understand why he saved his life in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why she thinks this would work. There's no way Dylan's going to be able to be in control without Zane knowing it. I mean, Zane is stupid as hell. 
but there's no way no way Dylan would be able to pull this off. Yep, it'll be interesting. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so <laughs> So then we get another little George and Norma scene. And this is I don't know, I kinda like him. This is where he he kinda tells her, he's like, Look, the thing that's gonna get you into this seat is you. Yeah. Not knowing all these little facts and statistics and stuff. You know, he's like, it's your depth and your presence and your charisma, you know. Yeah, that was great advice. And it was a another little showcase where he could kind of tell her what he thinks of her without actually telling her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's done this before. He has. <laughs> but, well, and I think it was just a nice... It, it just seemed to give her a little bit of confidence, you know. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I did too. And it was what she needed to hear, and she... Does she tell Norman? Yeah, she repeats that to Norman yeah. later on. And he's all, oh, well, I guess he should listen to George. <laughs> she kind of... <laughs> Wait, was this... Does she tell him after she gets the seat? Or is it before? It's before. Oh, yeah. She's, like, sitting there practicing her speech, and we hear that... I mean, we get the impression that Norman's had to hear it a lot. Yeah, she's like, can you go over these again with me? And he's like, Mom. <laughs> yeah, and then she mentions, you know, okay, I'm okay, because George told me, and he's like, George was here? Did you notice him with the scarf? No. <laughs> you should watch the scene again. <laughs> what? It's just, it's, um... Very disconcerting watching him with that scarf talking to his mom about George. He looks like he's going to use it as a string. He looks like a strangler. I did not notice that. Yeah, you go. Watch it again. Ooh, is he wearing the scarf or does he pick it no, up? No, it's like he picks it up to like put it around her neck. It's Ew. That's my the impression I got. Like he's like, oh, and here's your scarf again. It's, it's, um, it's not like a winter scarf. It's like a accessory scarf right and that's when they start talking about george and he's like looks like he wants to strangle george with the scarf when it's in his hands and then after they stop talking he kind of i think he just kind of puts it on the bed next to her instead of puts it on her instead of strangling her (laughs) (laughs) or strangling (laughs) or strangling oh interesting i'll have to watch that again yeah, you do. Huh, cool. Um, oh, but before that, we get a starry-eyed Emma going down to the basement. Well, before that, we get Dylan's asleep, and 90210 oh. comes in and... Meh. Tells him not to take it personally. Mm. Yeah, I don't really care about that relationship so much. Yeah. So, but yeah, Emma goes down to the fruit cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Norman's working on a crow. Bird. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. And. Yeah, this thing was interesting. Cause... Well, she's got stars in her eyes for him. Man. She does. And, you know, when she says, well, she, you know, she talks to him about thanking him. And they kind of talk about if he went overboard. She's like, well, you were pretty scary. But 
When she says that it was nice to have somebody, what does she say? She says it was nice to have somebody on her side. Like that. Like, and I'm, I was wondering if that was a shot at Gunner because he didn't seem so much. Or if that was just, it felt good, especially a guy that she had had a crush on for a long time. Well, I mean... Do you think it was a shot at Gunner? No, not really, because, I mean, Gunner... Gunner's the one that went and grabbed the oxygen tank. And by the time he gets back with it, Norman's already got her with his arm around her. Right. What was Gunner supposed to do? Like, step aside. Right, and it's not like Gunner has a history of being uncaring and... Right. Cold towards her. No, I think... I think, like, where she's coming from is Norman telling her before she even does the rope jump, Emma, you know, maybe you shouldn't do this, Emma. Are you sure? You know? Yeah. Like, Norman was trying to not get her to do the jump. And then he's also the one that went and saved her. And then he's the one with his arm around her. I, I don't really think it's a shot at Gunner. Gunner yeah, didn't do anything. Either. Gunner didn't do anything wrong. Right. You know? He just didn't. Norma, just... Norman really took charge. And yeah, I don't know. It just, it was very attractive to Emma, apparently. It, it was. You see why. But... It was. It was. And I, I can totally see why. It was, you know, it's a teenage girl that just, you know, had the first experience of a guy that would, you know, like, fight tigers for her, you know. Exactly. And, I mean, he's her first crush anyway. Right. I mean, she's kind of gotten over it, but that, I think it just rekindled old feelings for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially since Bradley's, like, way out of the picture. Right. And that was the big obstacle before and I don't think she takes the whole Cody and Norman thing very seriously. You know, she knows Cody better than Norman does. Oh, yeah. She looks, I think she looks at that as just a make out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A hookup. Yeah, hookup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, no, I think it just rekindled, you know, like I said, I don't think Gunner did anything wrong. Someone had to go get the oxygen tank, and Gunner did. He ran right up and got it, you know? Yeah. He was just as concerned as Norman was. Norman just happened to be the one that had his arm around her and held her while she cried, you know? Yeah. But I thought it was interesting how Norman was like, what about the way I reacted? Was that was that normal? You know, it's like he... Yeah, that was interesting. He really wants someone to tell him that he's okay. Because uh-huh. that, that seemed to be like one of his biggest concerns was, man, I really lost it, didn't I? It was That was okay, right? Was that normal? And she was like, it was kind of scary, but... No, but she says that it was kind of scary, but it is what it is. And she says that she thinks he reacted the way anyone would who thought someone they cared for was hurt. Yeah, and she seemed very pleased with saying that, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I thought this was a very sweet scene between the two of them. Um, I think 
Emma is back in love with Norman. Yep. And hey, I, Carrie, you might have a chance. <laughs> Gutter might. Gutter might be available. You might need a shoulder to cry on. And I don't know. I didn't get the same idea from Norman. Norman seemed like he just needed someone to tell him it was normal. Yeah, I still don't think he looks at her that way. I don't think so. And I would guess he never does. Probably not. I just don't think he's wired that way for Emma. Yeah. But he will stuff her and rock her to sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Do you think he'll put the oxygen tank? (laughs) I was just thinking that. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so next is, we've already talked about this scene, but it's when Norma's practicing her little lines for the mayor and tells Norman about George, but he also is like, he goes to leave. He's He's got to go to the hardware store to get some glue gun glue. When <laughs> 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 he goes to leave, um, he tells her not to forget about his driving test in the morning, and Norma's like, I won't forget. What if I've ever forgotten one of your appointments? <laughs> she just gets, like, really defensive about it. <laughs> that was the old married couple in them. I know. <laughs> Going to the hardware store to get some glue. <laughs> Don't forget tomorrow's appointment. What if I ever forgotten one of your appointments? <laughs> But um, then she asks if he's going to wish her good luck because she's going to meet the mayor. And he's like, good luck on getting a seat on their stupid council. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that all about? Uh, Is that just being George, like a I don't silly know. teenager? A little. And I think a little of it was a little, uh, there was whatever he was teasing, there was a kernel of truth in it. And I think it was uh, jealousy. Either time jealousy or involve George in any way. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. And then Norma is at the mayor's office. And this is where she like flubs the name. She's like, I just wanted to move to Pine White Bay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst. (laughs) She was so mortified. It just would be the last thing you wanted to do in that situation. It's like a job interview. Oh, yeah. And messing up the name of the company or something. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But, yeah, the mayor is pretty interesting in this scene, I thought. Yeah, there was definitely, it seemed like, well, bringing, it was odd bringing up all of her friends (laughs) that are apparently putting the heat on him, especially Nick Ford, but he does start by bringing up. Christine and who's it's Douchey McBypass. Douchey McBypass. He's like, how do you know them? And she's like, well, I met her at community theater. That was a great theater. That was good. You know, she's I'm involved, involved <laughs> you know, but then he's like, and you know, Nick Ford. And she says, yes. And I just wish he would have said, you know, like, but not very well, you know, yeah. 
Because why? the way he said it, it was like, it was interesting. Well, I don't he's know what like, kind of heat this guy's getting. Well, I, he basically tells her that Nick Ford is supporting her and you don't cross Nick Ford. <laughs> and these thumb screws on my thumbs are really I, uncomfortable. Ex- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, but I, did you notice her little giggle, nervous laugh? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "You don't cross Nick Ford," and she goes, "I guess you don't." <laughs> Just the look on her face and the sound that came out—it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's basically saying right here that Nick Ford's backing you. You're gonna get the seat. Right, yet she's so surprised when she gets the phone call. It's just another clueless Norma. Oh, she's so clueless. Well, and then I love how... Yeah, so clueless. At the same time. She's just so, yeah, clueless. Just, yeah. Because he even says at the end, I love it. He's like, well, it's nice to put a name to the face. Because you made a big impression in a short time. (laughs) (laughs) Someone heard about the... Axe murders and horror speech. <laughs> and the, uh, I'm sure the mayor knows about Shelby. Right. And Keith Summers. And, you know. I don't know if he knows about Keith Summers. Maybe not. That's I don't true. think any of that came out that it was, she was involved at all. Maybe not. But he does make it a point at the end to say that she's also in with all the right people. Yeah. And you can tell if he resented that or is on their side. I don't know. He can't be so much on his Nick Ford's side because if he was, Nick Ford would be able to have anything he wanted, I would guess. Right. So there's got to be some sort of power play. Like, I don't know. He seemed to be, like, in a way, telling Norma... You know, you've got Nick Ford, you've got Christina and her husband, and my hands are tied. You, you're going to get the seat. Right. Because he's even, she's like, don't you want to know about my points? And he's like, no. <laughs> you know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no need. No need. You know. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Because now, I mean, obviously Nick Ford is the one that got her this seat. So she's going to have to play his game. Yeah. She's, she's a puppet in a, it's, it's not going to really be beneficial to her. (laughs) Anything, anything that would be beneficial to her will be incidental. Right. Right. And I don't think she's going to realize that for a while because she just seems so, because she even tells Norman, like when she tells him, she's like, you just have to stand up for yourself and, and you get what you want. It's like, this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah, you could have been you, a jack-o'-lantern you know, on a stick. It's like, <laughs> you did not get the seat, Norma. Don't you know that? <laughs> she doesn't. But it's after this scene that Cody goes to the motel and tells Emma about Norman's blackouts. Yeah, Cody scored points. Um Totally scored points. Not with Norman, but 
I don't know. I thought it was cool how she came in there and apologized to Emma. Um, I don't know. She just did that really good, I thought. I thought so, too. I thought it was, yeah, she she just, totally scored points with me there because she truly seems concerned. Yeah, and she was really cool about it. And I don't know. I'm putting myself in her situation and having my hookup boyfriending kind of guy new bestie um, <laughs> yell at me in front of everybody and just hum- utterly humiliate her. I mean, true. Mm-hmm. he went off and that would have been very embarrassing to be in her position. Yeah. Just, she acted really, really good and cool about it. I really approved of the way she handled the situation. I, I don't yep. think even as an adult, I would have been able to do that. No, no, I I was quite impressed. I I loved, yeah, that whole thing where she, you know, apologizes to Emma and she's like, I'm the peer pressure one, sorry, you know, talk to you into that. And then, you know, kind of talks about Norman and, and says, you know, he didn't, he doesn't want his mom to know, but I, I think someone needs to know. So I'm letting you know. And you can do what you want, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to say, like, look, I know I know this piece of information. And I didn't tell his mom. <laughs> but Right. Yeah. But sometimes you have to tell someone. Yeah. There's... Sometimes it's just, I am all about keeping secrets. But, man, sometimes it's just like. When it comes to someone's like health or something like that, you just right. You you have to tell someone. And she could see, you know, and she said, "I can see how much he cares about you." You know, Emma's the perfect person to go to. Of course, she goes right to Norma, but um, right. You know, in Cody's eyes, you know, who else would you go to? Absolutely who else would Emma. you go to? Right. And it wasn't like gossipy. It was out of total concern. Right. As you know, and like you said, even after he humiliated her, she was still like, "Okay, something's wrong with this guy," you know. So I thought that was that was interesting, and I liked it. I liked Cody for that. Yeah, me too. Score points. Check Cody. Points. You've lost points. You've gained points. And then Norma, we get. Norma's phone call to city council. She's like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) And then she, oh, I watched it three times the way she tells Norma. (laughs) She's like crouched down. Oh, she's so excited. It's so funny. Her body language telling him is hilarious. (laughs) I just loved how she just like bursts into his room. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's really funny. But she does. She does crouch down, doesn't she? Yes. <laughs> and then they and fall then she, into the bed together. She's crouching down to, like, pounce him <laughs> onto the bed. <laughs> and, yep, they do that. And then they stand up. And then he just buries his face in his mother's warm bosom. <laughs> <laughs> the motorboating. <laughs> yes, he fell short of the motorboating. 
<laughs> Carrie, oh, you put that thought in my head. It's awesome. <laughs> Just awesome. But, <laughs> but yeah, this is when she's like, today is such a great day. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I know. I was like, dang it. And my notes, <laughs> all I say is, Norma, you did not get that seat on your own. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> why do you think this? <laughs> I don't know. It's How so do you not realize? Just a little clueless ways. Uh, We've come to accept and know them well. <laughs> well, it just goes on in her mind. She just gets these scenarios of how things are and she really does think she got that seed on her own. Yeah, she kind of it's almost like even though the mayor history is, in her head. She does rewrite it cuz the mayor is literally looking at her going Nick Ford <laughs> supports <laughs> you. <laughs> and you don't cross Nick Ford. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of the Simpsons <laughs> when they go into witness protection and they're trying to tell Homer that he's Mr. Anderson and <laughs> Homer doesn't get it <laughs> okay Homer you are Mr. Anderson I'm going to stomp on your foot <laughs> 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 he stomps on his foot and Homer looks at Marge and goes I think he's talking to you that's what a sideshow pop huh? and the HMS yes. <laughs> yes that's a good one yes the whole uh, oh what's that movie with uh, Cape Fear Cape Fear yes <laughs> I think he's talking to you <laughs> I mean, seriously, the mayor's like, Nick Ford got you the seat. And I was like, I got it on my own. <laughs> Jeez. She can be so stupid. <laughs> so, like, oh man, when Sideshow Bob is singing those songs. <laughs> So then we see Norman getting ready for the driving test. And that's when Emma calls Norma and tells her about the blackouts. And Norma, like, runs up to the driver test dude and asks if someone who's had blackouts, can they have a license? And he's like, not if it's happened in the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> so... But it's a good thing. I mean, seriously, you don't want someone who has blackouts like that to have a driver's license. No. Although he seems to be able to function. It's just like another personality taking over. Um, well, not all of them. Yeah, I'm not cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him on my roads. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Not cool with that. <laughs> so... <laughs> And then they're driving home, and he's all mad at her, and she tells him, you know, he's like, how do you even know I'm having blackouts? And she's like, because Cody told Emma, and Emma told me. <laughs> so now he's really mad at Cody. <laughs> yes, and that's when he has her stop the car. We've got a boy, he's yes. two in the car. 
the opposite. <laughs> he does it almost as well. Well, he almost makes her crash. He does. He, like, grabs the steering wheel. And, and it was kind of cool because he, like, you know, he jumps out and just yells at her. He's like, you know, you can't lock me up at the house and, you know, treat me like this. and Yeah, treat me like a child. Treat me like a child. I'm not a little kid anymore. And just because I can't drive doesn't mean I can't walk or, you know, something like that. And, and she kind of goes, okay, Norman, you know, and just lets him go. Yeah. And I thought that was very big on her part. I think... I think season one Norma would have tried to engage him a little bit more. Well, she she seems to have learned kind of when to back off. Hmm. It it seems to me like she kind of realizes that she's a little bit of a trigger. Yeah. Because, well, we'll get to the next scene. So he goes to Cody's and confronts her, and it wakes up her dad and... You know, he gets out of bed and out of the room and starts yelling and he ends up punching Norman in the face and he grabs Cody. I love how Norman just yells back at him. I don't care. Oh, I love that too. You know, he's like, who are you? You know, and he's like, I'm here to talk to your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I mean, he punches Norman in the face a couple times. Mm -hmm. And then Norman ends up pushing him and he falls down the stairs and looks pretty dead. But yeah, am I the only one that heard the crunching? <laughs> I I don't know if I specifically heard crunching, but I mean his body looked pretty broken to me. I mean, he looked he had limbs and things in weird angles. Yeah, he there's no doubt in my mind he's dead. He's dead. But I don't think Norman was in a trance. Do you think no. he was? Okay. No, not at all. Okay, because you were saying when Norman and Norma were like yelling at each other. It just seemed like he was upset enough he could be in a trance-like position anyways, no matter what she did at that point. Oh, I see. So it'd be kind of like a gamble. Do I let him go and get all trancy and do something really bad? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because it was Cody he was mad at. She's like, Okay, go. (laughs) (laughs) Let's kill two birds with one stone. (laughs) He'll get into a trance. He'll kill Cody. It's a win-win. Yeah. (laughs) She she did the right thing, but I think I think she did the right thing. I think because sometimes you know when you're that upset, sometimes just taking a walk is what you need to do. Absolutely. So yeah, so yeah, when he goes to Cody's, he's not in, in one of his like fugy trancey states. No, nope, he's just mad. So this is his first kill non-trance, right? Cuz he's killed his dad. Yes. Possibly Miss Watson. Yeah, I'm going to count Miss Watson, even though we don't know for sure, but something happened. Yeah. I'm still saying I think there's a chance he killed Caleb. Oh, yeah. Your Caleb theory. Probably not. But, so this is like his first kill without being in a trance. Well, it was a mistake. I mean, well, he, 
the guy had been punching him, and I think, well, I guess I, they're going to have to go to the police. Oh, yeah. He's not going to get away with this one. But, well, I mean. But they have a good, and it really, honestly, was an accident. It was. And I don't mean get away with it, like hide the body, get away. Right. I mean, like. Self-defense. Minors being beaten by. A... Exactly. He's I... probably known as an abuser. I was just going to say, I mean, this is such a small town. Yeah. People have got to know the story, you know, there's got to be stories about him and Cody and who knows what's happened to Cody's mom. We have no idea. Right. You know, is she dead? Is she alive? Is she? Well, he is an A1 jerk hothead. I mean, the guy just. Totally. Absolute. What was up with him, like, headlocking her like he was going to give her a noogie? (laughs) 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 I don't know, but it was the exact same, like, move that Norman's dad did on Norma before he killed her. It was the same, like, headlocky type thing. That is interesting. So weird. Yeah. So no, I think they can totally, I think Norman's going to get like, he's going to be brought in and questioned about this, but I, I don't, I mean, obviously he's not going to get like imprisoned for the rest of his life. Cause then the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just like, it's going to, yeah, it'll quickly become self-defense. It's got to be, because it was. I mean, that's the thing. It, it was. was. It, yeah. You know, and he's got a witness, and he wasn't in some sort of trance, so. Hopefully she's got some uh, nicks and bruises from the scuffle, too. That'll help. Probably, and maybe some previous police involvement in right. fights between the two of them, so there's been, like, some sort of, you know, history of violence. Right. He still has custody though. Because maybe the mom's dead. Well, if there's been a lot of abuse, you'd think she'd be in a foster home or something. Oh, yeah. True. It's going to be interesting. I'm really excited for like the next four episodes because this is when Isn't only three left? Oh. This was number six. Yay! Yeah, there's four left. Right? Yeah, good. I was thinking there was only three left. No, there's four. So... I think the next four are just going to be like, yay! Because this one, I loved. I loved this episode. Oh, I did too. I am looking forward to, like, that scene where he looks like he's, like, buried alive or something. Yeah, I saw that. And what's going on there? I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully it's not, like, him and Cody shenanigans trying to hide or something. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. Yeah, this one just needs this one. Come on, guys, just call Let's, the cops. Call the cops. Just call the cops and resolve it within an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want he and Cody to be on the run together. I'm, Romero having to make up a story. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do not want those two on the run together. Yeah. No. I just reverted back to blah, Cody. 
Yeah, I'm kind of done with Cody. I'm I, I'll be okay if we don't see her after the next episode or two. <laughs> well, it's funny because it seems to us that the last time you saw her, he was like crazy chewing her out, and then he just shows up at her door, pissed as all get out again. True. And that seems to be the next time they see each other, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And now this happened. They're going to be, like, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so I just killed you, Dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I've uh, chewed you out a few times. <laughs> so do you want to make out? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is interesting. It, next episode is going to be very interesting to see where they're at together. It is. It is. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to the next. Oh, and when he bursts in the door and she's like, I told Emma. And he's like, well, that's just like telling my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting line. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just goes off on her. He's like, I specifically told you not to tell. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I am digging Freddie Highmore in this role, man. Oh, he's doing such a great job. <laughs> yeah, was it Carrie that said he can just look so sweet one second and the next second just so mincing? He is doing so good at that. Oh, he's doing great. And he's doing so good being so creepy with his mom. And yep. it's totally one-sided. She is so innocent about the way that they are together and he is not. It is becoming more and more like that. I I didn't see it as, at first, but I see it now. She's just trying to be a good mom. And, yeah. And he's taking it to weird levels. Yeah. Well, and this is why this is why adults, you know, school teachers and things, you need to have boundaries. <laughs> and moms too, I guess, in certain situations. <laughs> school teachers <laughs> don't have sex with your students. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh But man. yeah, that is on her. I know that she is trying to be innocent about it, but she should have more boundaries about it just because (laughs) well maybe like when he goes to hug her where he could motor boat her right there maybe pull away norma (laughs) and say thanks norman you know (laughs) (laughs) give him a few pats on the head (laughs) maybe you shouldn't Hug me around my waist with your face against my bosom. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, I guess it's just another way where she's just totally clueless. Yeah. She just thinks her own way about it and is it's, childlike. It's weird. Yeah. So, what did you think of this episode as a whole? Awesome. I loved it. I have, oh man, I'm loving this season so much. I am The episode is just a pleasure. I honestly think this is 
like my favorite episode of the season. Mm. Yeah, easily could be mine too. Oh, there's so many. I've just, man, I've loved them. I'm giving it like a 4.5 rope swings because I thoroughly loved this episode. I just thought it, it, it just seemed like every scene there, it just didn't, the only wasted scenes to me kind of seemed to be between Dylan and 90210. But they yeah. weren't long enough to bug me. Yeah, they it, were it, short. Yeah, it didn't it didn't seem like they were spending a lot of time on them, so I wasn't like enough already, you know. So I'll forgive those two or three little scenes between them and just say I think this is the best episode of the season. I loved it. Yeah, I think that's a fair argument. I, I I just thought everyone had great stuff going on, and I loved the. I love how now maybe there is something. Emma is back in love with Norman. I love that because I did not see that ever happening. No, no, I didn't either. And so I think that brings on a very interesting. Something. She's gonna break Gunner and her heart, though. Yep, you know. And then to end with a death, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> death of a real douche. Yep, a and cool. <laughs> I just loved the whole. Norma is just in over her head in this whole Nick Ford thing. Mm-hmm. Even the mayor is, I don't know. I just love it all. I loved it. Yep. I'm on board and I'm just really excited for the rest of the series. Yep. Do you have a what the bit? Mm, I thought of a couple few things. Um, just pick one. I don't know. Nothing real not obvious. I mean, Norman going crazy on Cody is what the bitbish, but that's pretty obvious. I guess I'll just pick that because I can't think of any others. <laughs> the one I wrote down is um, Norman going into the trance in the closet. Because mm. that was kind of like, okay. Um, yeah, good one. So. That was a memory inducing. A memory inducing trance, not a sexual which they've almost all been since you know so yeah it was like okay what the bib other <laughs> thing other things are triggering this that's very interesting because now it, it just seems like almost anything could trigger it right yeah oh we didn't discuss um emma's uh face and her inner torture about calling Norma or not. Yeah, to me, her inner turmoil was um, just simply having feelings again for Norman and knowing that, well, there's two things. It's like wanting the best for him. If he's having blackouts, his mom should know so she could get him help and crossing him. You know, it's something that he didn't want her to know. And so she's already gotten in trouble with um with Bradley the Bradley stuff telling Norma with Norman and it wasn't it didn't end up good for their relationship 
Right, right. And, and then she seems to be interested in him again, and so she, I think, I think the face was real inner turmoil. Should she tell her not because she is interested in Norman, and he could get really mad at her again for it. Well, and Cody had said that she's telling Emma because Norman specifically said not to tell Norma, and it, Emma even asked why. You know, why did he say? not to tell his mom and Emma or Cody said something like, well, he said that she would get upset. So I'm telling you. So she's kind of putting this on Emma, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a big thing to put on her. Yeah. But the inner turmoil I was seeing was, I think Emma is getting feelings for Norman again and kind of realizing that, you know, Gunner is just like a little fling thing, but she really loves Norman. Yeah. So. Well. That's kind of what I saw. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yep. So I don't know if that was interesting or not, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> or particularly insightful. No, but it's something that we can all discuss on Facebook if you want. Yes, absolutely. So, so um, next episode, episode number seven, is called Presumed Innocent. I looked at an article that kind of talks about it a little bit. So if, if you want to bow out now, go ahead. Um, we're not getting real spoilery, but um, light spoilers. If you are leaving, um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. We already gave our, well, look for us on Twitter. Look for us on uh, Facebook, the mm-hmm. Yes Mothercast, and email us. We need more feedback, and we'd love to uh, make reservations. More reservations. We need more, more reservations. Hotels. Yeah. It's a party. It is. We got Harold and Rune Run causing all sorts of ruckus. Shenanigans. And yeah, but you can email us at yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Okay. Later. Chill your own ass. Bye. Chill your own ass. Welcome to the Bates Motel uh, podcast. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. Okay. Welcome to Yes Mother, a Bates Motel podcast from the A&E show Bates Motel. (laughs) Take two. (laughs) Uh oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No giggling. Oh yeah, sorry. We giggle too much. (laughs) Welcome to Yes Mother. <laughs> did something with my arms and I I met that spot on the couch where Rob can see me. <laughs> okay, it's your favorite editor Emily again. I just thought I'd explain when we were reading Carrie's email, there was and I put a little intermission music in between. That was because I cut out a lot of laughter and then what followed. And I just cut it and then I just put it at the end with the bloopers. So enjoy.
couldn't wait till you got to that part. <laughs> and I'm just praying that there will be no motorboating going on because it's heading that way. Oh my gosh, Carrie, you make me laugh. Oh, the cuddle time is getting more and more icky, and it's only season two. Yeah, I too was very, uh, Norman. I noticed the uh, burying his his head in his mom's bosom. I saw that too, but I didn't think of <laughs> Yes, I didn't either. <laughs> Only the woman in number nine. <laughs> that would have been the greatest thing I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope Freddie Highmore just did that in some sort of outdoor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and then she says, and then we see her <laughs> Cody. Sorry, Scout sneaking up on me. Oh. Go back to bed and go read. When can I stop reading? A half hour. Is Bunny um, drinking? Huh? Is Bunny drinking? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> and he's not even thirsty.
so episode seven. Um, it says Norma's faith in Norman is questioned. So I'm guessing that means that she thinks he blacked out. Ah. And she's not believing him that he. It was an actual accident. Right. And she's not going to believe a word Cody ever says. True. That's true. I didn't think of that. Um, and it says that this episode explores the. Um, it's going to explore the latest death and also look back at an old one. So that'd be Miss Watson. For Ms. some Watson. reason, they both get explored in this episode. <laughs> um, well, maybe Romero's case against that Kyle guy gets blown out. You know? Yeah. Because he did go to Kyle's trial in this episode. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe that's the reason. It says um, it's unclear what state Norman's relationship with his mother will be, but his romance with Cody will definitely be addressed. And it says after the showdown in episode six, Cody can be seen kissing Norman in episode seven. That was in the promo. Um, and it also shows Norma confronting Cody in a bathroom. Oh, so. And also that uh, it kind of teases, the synopsis teases that Norman and Cody's friendship will reach the breaking point. So maybe they do. No, that probably means she may blame him. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Or she's trying to get him to lie and he wants to just tell the truth or something. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, interesting. There, we're gonna address um, that Zane is no longer grateful about Dylan saving his life, <laughs> <laughs> and he wants revenge against Dylan. Um, and it questions whether it's because Zane doesn't like Dylan sneakily running things, <laughs> or if he doesn't like him hooking up with his sister. It's got to be the sneakily running things. Yeah. I don't think Zane cares who hooks up with his sister. Yeah, I wouldn't guess either. But. He only cares about himself. So, yeah, that's why I was saying there's no way that Dylan can pull off trying to run things without Zane knowing. Uh, yep. Because he's not a smart guy, but he's probably always suspecting everybody, you know. Oh, yeah. So, Just that type. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it says Miss Watson's murder case will resurface. Um, Yay. Sheriff Romero previously pinned the murder on an innocent criminal, but new evidence in the murder of B will lead him to once again look into the case. Could that new evidence possibly have to do with Norman's run-in with Cody's father? Hmm. Do you think some sort of DNA... <laughs> Would they do a DNA test on Norman's father? I mean, on Cody's father, if they kind of saw what um, happened. Or maybe they do try and run and they find his blood. No, because they don't have his blood on file. But they have, they probably have his blood on file. 
they've kind of talked about this. That even if they've got Norma's blood on file from the Miss B thing, they wouldn't know whose blood it is. It's just a mystery person. Right. But if they somehow get his blood... Well, if they bring him in for Cody's dad, they've got to process him. That's right. It looks like he's got um, mugshots, so they arrest him. So, yeah. So, in the process, it it does. Well, it's going to include fingerprints at the least. Oh, fingerprints. He mentioned that too with Romero. Yeah. When they had that little scene together in, like, what, the second episode? Or is that the first? It it was the one where he goes in to show him pictures of Nick Ford yeah. when he was standing at the cemetery. I think but that was the first episode. First or second. So, so yeah. So, yeah, because they've got to process him. But Norman and kind of implied, include... he implied that he had been at Miss Watson's house and... Sheriff Romero was like, you know, I think I've dropped the Romano. I've said Romero every time this time. You have. I've said it a lot. I'm really proud of myself. You've done very well. <laughs> Alec. Take that, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it could be that they're, I mean, it could be that nowadays they also do like some sort of DNA swab on top of fingerprints. Yeah. I don't know. It's smart to get a database of DNA, criminals' DNA. I personally have never been processed, so <laughs> I don't know. But it seems like you always see fingerprints. But it could be that nowadays they also do like a, a Q-tip swab type thing, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's maybe they found some sort of DNA, and they just didn't know whose it was, and then. They process Norman, and all of a sudden there's the match. Yeah, so could be something like that. Interesting. Because yeah, I mean yeah. Well, that's all I got, and we are getting long. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, and bye, everybody. Okay. Say your own ass. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. I still want that show about them being (laughs) (laughs) undercover cops have to pretend they're married. (laughs) (laughs) I want it so bad. It'd be so much better than that movie with. Isn't there a movie with like Rosie O'Donnell and like Richard Dreyfus? Where do they have to do that? I guarantee you, I did not see it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't see it. I'm just remembering like previews. Yeah, I got no idea. I blocked that out of my mind. Uh. Yeah. I'm Pretty sure it exists. Richard Dreyfus and Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> I might be wrong on the Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> but I know I'm right on the Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Guests, <laughs> help me out. What am I? What am I thinking of? 
It's like an eighties movie or maybe early nineties. Oh no, it it's called Another Stakeout. I just googled it. Stakeout, yes, another stakeout. <laughs> is it Richard Dreyfus? Yes it is. <laughs> and Emilio Estevez. Oh yeah, him. <laughs> Which says, um, the film was neither a critical nor a commercial success. (laughs) I never saw it. I just, the, it's one of those where, like, the trailers were so bad, they're, like, embedded in my head. No, I've got some of those. (laughs) I can remember, like, Rosie O'Donnell wearing, like, like, dominatrix type something. And it wasn't successful, (laughs) critically or commercially. (laughs) Shocker. I had Richard Dreyfuss in it. He was. Yeah. Haven't seen the Goodbye Girl? Love the Goodbye Girl. Or Jaws? Jaws and, uh. Um. (laughs) Oh! Close Encounters. (laughs) Close Encounters! Yes, yes. So, alright, anyway. Um, I think that I think they all played cops and they had to pretend they were married and I guess Emilio Estevez probably played a son or something so my version would be awesome (laughs) (laughs) I picture them living in an apartment building with a lot of busy buddies (laughs) they they have to keep the farce up a lot (laughs) so your version doesn't doesn't involve Rosie O'Donnell in black leather. <laughs> no, but maybe Norma. <laughs> well, that would be okay. <laughs> or maybe Romero. <laughs> maybe both. <laughs> Annie, seriously, call us. <laughs> <laughs> we will write the first script. <laughs> For some reason, he's got to be the female and she's got to be the male. <laughs> That's funny because those yeah. buddies keep yeah. popping in my head. <laughs> like, we've got to complicate it further. <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> For some reason, he's got to. Play the female and she's gonna play the male. <laughs> what is wrong with us? <laughs> but it would be so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, anyway. <laughs> um. I don't... No, I don't either. I don't want them falling in love. No. But I do in our TV show. Eventually. Maybe the third season or so. (laughs) (laughs) And... Oh, we'll have to come up with a name for it. I know. I'm trying to think of, like, those bad 80s, like, the Scarecrow and Mrs. King... (laughs) <laughs> I just remember that being a show. I have no idea. 
if it was even a husband and wife. <laughs> I, I remember seeing it on TV Guide or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just the words. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... to come